Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Enter this nationwide keyword at knrs.com. Stock. That's stock. Enter it now. Listen, and you'll know. First of all, if you haven't heard this yet, I love this. Rod Arquette on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. You know, I think uh, this is a uh, question that a lot of you are asking right now in light of what has happened in Minneapolis. And the... The heat in the debate over police reform and gun control are only going to heat up in the next few days. We've had another shooting in Knoxville at a high school there. I believe one person's been killed. An officer has been injured. Um, And then we have, of course, what happened in Minneapolis, where uh, a 20-year-old, his name is Dante Wright, was shot and killed by a police officer after police pulled him over in the uh, Minneapolis area yesterday, an area of Minneapolis called uh, Brooklyn Center. It's not far outside Minneapolis, part of the the uh, St. Paul uh, Minneapolis Metroplex, I would think it would be. Um, pulled him over for an expired plate. Uh, they found out that he had an arrest warrant out for him. There was a tussle. He jumped in the car. Uh, a, a female, a, a, a veteran officer, from what I understand, a senior officer, uh, pulled out her gun and kept on telling him, you know, um, taser, taser, I've got my taser. And then she shoots, and it's a gun, it's not her taser. And I think the question that a lot of people, and I don't have the answer to this, maybe some of you do out there, because we'll get into this a little bit later on, but how does a police officer confuse a taser with a gun especially since this police officer and she is a senior police officer she's been on the force for quite some time a lot of us are asking today how does a police officer confuse a taser with a gun i know they look in some cases what i've seen fairly similar but she's holding this gun for about eight seconds if you watch the video probably about eight seconds now emotions are high the 20-year-old kid is trying to get away, um, and and they're calling it an accidental shooting, is what police in Brooklyn Center are describing it. Of course, people are going to use this now to say, here we go again, another example of the need for police reform, and that uh, police officers have it out for black males in this country. That's what you're going to hear over the next several days again. We had some rioting last night in Minneapolis and we'll, you know, and everybody is calling for calm, uh, for nonviolence. Even the president, you know, said that today. But you know, something is going, something is cooking there again tonight, and it's not very pleasant. How are you, everybody? Welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Great to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Eight 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 five seven zero eight zero one zero eight 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 five seven zero eight zero one zero, or on your cell phone, dial pound two fifty and say, "Hey, Rod, we love you." to be a part of the conversation today because there's a lot to talk about. Um, I, you know, I, 
I, I said for a couple of weeks now, I, I was hoping nothing like this would happen. But unfortunately, here in the state of Utah, apparently it's happened a couple of times now. And I'm talking about people who go into businesses, the businesses ask them to wear a mask, and they get upset. And apparently, at a store in Salt Lake yesterday, apparently the, the individual who refused to wear a mask threatened violence, and the store had to be shut down. And they closed it for the safety of their employees, which, you know, is the right thing to do. If they feel their employees, their number one priority is to protect their employees. And this business had to do that. And I think we had one other incident. But I had, you know, I had thought this was going to happen because of the frustrations that a lot of people have right now with COVID-19. The fact that a lot of people out there, I'm not sure the number, I think it's around 1.4 million here in the state of Utah, have been either fully or partially vaccinated. And when I say partially vaccinated, they've only had one of them. I got my second one on Friday. Knocked me out like you wouldn't believe on Saturday, but I'm up and going again today. But, you know, here we have two incidents, and both the governor today, the governor and other political leaders, came out today and condemned threats that are being made to businesses to who continue to require face coverings. Um, in a sternly worded statement today, this is what the governor said. He said, we strongly condemn the threats of violence made against employees and businesses requiring patrons to wear masks. Individuals who make, make such threats will be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. He went on to say, Utah has a strong tradition of respecting private property rights. Businesses and public servants have a right under the law to continue requiring masks in their establishments if they choose. We support such efforts and thank all Utahns who respect each other's rights and mask requirements wherever they are in effect. Now, that was the statement from the governor. Now, the man who sponsored the endgame bill, State Representative Paul Ray, is basically saying the same thing. He came out today and basically said, look, if you don't like it, don't chop there. He's talking about the mask mandates. Don't go in and pick a fight. That's a quote from Paul Ray to Fox 13 today. He goes on to say, if you don't like businesses requiring, business requirements, I'm sorry, then go somewhere else. I went into a couple. I didn't care for it, but that was their rules, so I wore a mask. The tension in this country today over so many things, you can cut it with a knife. It is that thick out there. And we are going to have continued debates about police reform. And this is going on in the same, the same city where Derek Chauvin is now on trial in the killing of George Floyd back on Memorial Day, the observance of Memorial Day last year. And, you know, you would hope that things have calmed down. I know the Utah legislature has tried to do some things. Uh, in the area of police reform, Salt Lake City is doing it. Other communities here in the state of Utah are doing some things. But this is a real issue. And let me go back. Now, I know a lot of people may agree or disagree with me on this. But let me go back and repeat what I've said on numerous occasions when it comes to these incidents involving an individual and a police officer. This kid, 20-year-old Dante Wright, was pulled over. Apparently, there was his girlfriend in the car with him or a girl in the car with him. The car had 
expired tax. Okay? And that does happen occasionally. I mean, you know, you're going to forget you don't do it anymore. I'm, apparently, we had a lot of people forget this year here in Utah because the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles, you know, no longer was sending out those little postcards reminding you to do that. Well, that won't happen this year. Lawmakers said, oops, that was a mistake, and we're going to change it. And they have now. But here he is. He's pulled over for having an expired tag on his car. And police, as usual, ask for identification, and they run a check on the kid. And they do that on, I would imagine, a lot of people. I think that's maybe a police officer out there can tell us if that's standard operating procedure. My guess is it would be. Well, in doing that, in doing that, apparently they found out that this Dante Wright had some outstanding warrants out for him. One of them happened to be resisting arrest. The other one, I believe, was illegal possession of a firearm. So police say, okay, we're going to take you in. Okay? All of a sudden, it turns ugly. The kid jumps in his car. He tries to speed off. He, in fact, does speed, speed away after he is shot by the officer. And later in a crash, he's involved in, and he is killed. What's the one thing about this and about story after story that we've talked about? Quit resisting arrest. You know, if you're breaking the law and you were caught by a police officer, we have asked every officer in this community, in this state, in this country to enforce the laws. And if 20-year-old Dante Wright was breaking the law, isn't it the job of the police officer to bring him in? Isn't that their job? Isn't that what we ask them to do? Police officers don't look the other way because if they do, they'll probably get in trouble for it. And all we're doing is asking them to do their job. But here we go again, folks. We've got another young man. I don't care it's black or white, in my opinion, resisting arrest. And what are police, what are they having to do? Try and apprehend him and bring him in. And we get this unfortunate incident. So the question about how does a police officer confuse a taser with a gun? I don't have the answer to that question. I've never fired a taser. I've seen him in action a little bit. You know, as members of the media have, have uh, uh, you know, the old stories when they first came out, they'd try them to see what happened. But I don't know if it's easy to confuse a gun from a taser if both of them are in the same side of the belt the police wear. So you could grab the wrong one. But she held it out for eight seconds, telling the kid, Taser, taser, I'm going to tase you. And she didn't realize in that eight seconds it wasn't a taser but a gun she was holding. So we'll talk about this. We'll get your reaction to this. You know, it. I still go back, quit resisting arrest. And you'd be alive today. And this young man probably would be as well. All right, uh, a lot to get to today. We're going to talk. We'll spend some time talking about the president's gun control efforts. Also, a little bit later on, uh, parents around the state, they staged a demonstration today about their kids wearing masks to schools. Didn't go well for some kids. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Congressman Chris Stewart will join us. And Dr. Tom Price, former head of HHS, will talk about Obamacare, now 11 years old. That's all coming up on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Boy, is it ever nice driving on brand new tires. I think I told you last week, maybe it was, yeah, I think it was Friday, maybe even Thursday, that I found I had a slow leak in one of my tires. I knew the tires were getting along in 
years. Sooner or later, I'd have to get new ones, and I took it to Burt Brothers. Corey Burt at Burt Brothers there in Farmington was great. He said, Rod, what can we do for you? I said, I haven't got an appointment, but I need some help. And he said, bring your car down. We'll get it fixed. We'll get you some brand new tires. We'll do the alignment, and you'll be on your way. And you know what? They did. And that's what I love about Burt Brothers because, you know, a lot of us always think, boy, we wish he had a mechanic in the family to fix the vehicle. Well, at Burt Brothers, they like to treat every customer out there as family. So if you have a car need, take it to Burt Brothers. They have numerous locations up and down the Wasatch Front, and they can help you out. And right now, they've got a great offer for you. Uh, let's see, you can save up to $100 on select Bridgestone tires. Those are the tires I put on my car. Or up to $150 on select Goodyear tires. It's an exclusive offer right now at Burt Brothers. Check them out today. Burt Brothers doing tires. It's good, and we can make it sound even better. iHeartRadio, number one for music, radio, and podcasts, all in one app. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol... Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The Rod Arquette here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know. You know, I started off the show today because of this uh, latest officer-involved shooting there in Minneapolis. As to how a seasoned police officer, who this police officer was involved in this shooting was, and is described as, how that officer confused a taser with a gun. And uh, I didn't have the answer. Well, you know, Clark Apotion, who I know knows a lot about this, and he hosts our uh, show that we do every Saturday, uh, Gun Radio Utah, gave me a call during the break, and he said, look, here's, here, here's some answers to your questions. First of all, he said they're very similar in size. Okay. Usually, in most cases, I think in all cases, by the sounds of it, according to Clark, they don't wear it on their strong side. Their strong side, which is your right side if you're right-handed or your left side if you're left-handed, um, um, that's where their weapon is. The, uh, the, the tasers are used on the other side or carried on the other side and usually backward. So you have to reach across to grab it. And he also said, well, they, they're similar in size. Um, they, there are portions of a taser that are yellow. So an officer who is with you, um, and you're a police officer would know, okay, you've got the taser out because it's yellow. So that's one way to uh, distinguish that. But we'll talk more about this because in the heat of the moment, this officer made a mistake. And what's going to happen now, we do not know until that investigation is complete. Now, um, Joe Biden continues to talk a lot about gun control. 
He issued a series of, what, six executive orders dealing with it last week. They're a group of House Democrats who are urging presidential action on gun control. Well, let's talk more about that. Joining us on our Newsmaker line right now is Tina Ramirez. Tina is founder and president of Hardwired Global. Uh, also a Virginia common, uh, chairwoman of Maggie's List. She wrote an op-ed in the uh, Washington Examiner over the weekend that said, as a single mother, I support the Second Amendment. And Tina, Tina is joining us on our Newsmaker line right now. Tina, how are you? Thank you to the show. Thank you for having me, Rob. It's great to be with you. Tina, what do you think of all this talk about gun control and what's going on in light of what has happened now around the country? What do you make of all this now? Well, I think it it's an really an eye-opener for most Americans that, you know, when we elect Democrats or when they elect Democrats, they say one thing, then they go and do another. You know, Joe Biden never would have said that the Second Amendment was amendable when he was running for office, but now, of course, it is. And so I think that's the the danger that we all see is that, you know, the, the First Amendment, Second Amendment, you name it, no longer are these constitutional rights under the Democratic administration. They're rights to be determined by, by fiat. And I think that's a problem. Tina, as a single mom, why is it so important for you to be able to have a gun and protect you and your family? Well, you know, as you mentioned, I run an international human rights organization. I've traveled to over 30 countries, including places like northern Nigeria, where Boko Haram is running rampant, uh, you know, killing innocent civilians, families, murdering people's, people in churches, Iraq, northern Iraq. I've been all over northern Iraq. Places like this where people like myself, mothers, Fathers, you know, families do not have the right to own a weapon. And so when, when um, whether it's, you know, terrorist groups or vigilantes or, or others come and attack you, you have no way to defend yourself. And so innocent people are being murdered. Um, there's genocide. They have no protection. I've, I've witnessed young mothers who've literally had their children ripped from their arms at gunpoint um, and told that they have to leave them, and their children are then sold into sex trafficking because they have no ability to defend themselves. So for myself, being a single parent, I, I come home late. I'm with my daughter in my home. I'm her sole provider and protector. It's extremely important that I'm able to pr- to protect her and my family. I mean, anyone that is, it is the protector of their family should have that ability. Every person, every American um, in the world should have that. So this isn't this isn't just a you know a feel good thing. This is something that's essential as a right for every person. Tina, do do people realize that oftentimes we take the freedoms that we now enjoy for granted, and some of those freedoms, including the right to bear arms and protect ourselves, are in danger of being taken away? Yeah, well, I often think of, um, of you know what Benjamin Franklin said, which is those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And I can't tell you anyone in the world where I've been, whether it's Nigeria, Sudan, Iraq, would give up a little liberty for for temporary safety. They just wouldn't do it because they understand how valuable those freedoms are. And I think, unfortunately, here in America, um, you know, we see gun violence in places where people are, uh, you know, where it exists in the inner city and, and places that are not safe. And we assume that then we have to take rights away from innocent Americans and, and people that are doing it the right way. And that's just not the case. So I think we need to really be thinking clearly about this. Tina, share with people, and there may be some of our listeners who've heard this story before, but you write about it. Uh, Condoleezza Rice, the former Secretary of State, she describes herself as a Second Amendment absolutist. Tell her story, if you would, if people have never heard this before. Well, it's fascinating. I mean, when she was growing up in Birmingham, Alabama in the 50s and 60s, 
her father and his friends would literally deter the Ku Klux Klan members that would come riding through their neighborhood by firing their own guns in the air to scare them off. Um, there, there was a, a politician named Bull Connor who was actually in charge of, I think, some committee on public safety or something, <laughs> which is quite ironic uh-huh. because he was, he was literally the one you know, leading the opposition against the civil rights movement. And the only defense that Condoleezza Rice's father had to protect her and her family was shooting his gun in the air. You know, this is, if anyone came to my home, and I actually used to live in a, in a home um, next to a, a, a drug addict, and mm-hmm. his, his girlfriend actually overdosed in front of my home, and he came knocking on my door one night, and I was terrified. I didn't know what it was, and um, I mean, it scared, it scared the life out of me. And, and if I had not had my own ability to protect myself in my home, who knows what would have happened? I mean, you know, he was not stable, the, the police eventually came and took care of it, but it was terrifying. And I just think that for anyone that's left in a position where they're unable to defend themselves or at least deter people, even if it's just firing the air like Condoleezza Rice's father did, you know, that is an essential right. We, we should always be able to protect ourselves and our families. I was terrified for my daughter. She, I think she was two years old at the time, sleeping upstairs. And just the idea of not being able to protect your children. I mean, I've seen what happens in these countries where they literally have their children ripped from their arms. It's just never, it's not a position I would ever want to be put in myself. And I think more and more women around the country and men are realizing that they need to protect themselves as this world continues to go topsy-turvy. Tina, thank you for a few minutes of your time. Good luck with your program. Well, thank you so much. Take care. All right, that's uh, Tina Ramirez. She is founder and president of Hardwired Global, also a Virginia chairwoman of Maggie's List. More coming up on the Radar Catch Show. We'll talk more about Joe Biden's efforts to uh, control our guns. 637777. Or to learn more, visit revivemenshealth.com. Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Well, more and more uh, county sheriffs around the uh, state and really around the country are doing this, but the uh, sheriff in Cache County over the weekend posted on Facebook that uh, his deputies there in Cache County are not going to enforce any federal policy that may infringe on resident Second Amendment rights. That's what the county sheriff's office said over the weekend. Um, County Sheriff D. Chad Jensen took to the official Facebook page and uh, wrote that uh, he wants his department to assure people that unconstitutional gun control will not happen in that county on his watch. And there are a lot of county sheriffs uh, here in the state of Utah and around the country who are doing exactly the same thing. Now, Joe Biden outlined, what was it, six executive orders the other day uh, on gun control issues. Um, And if you look at them, you ask yourself, well, (laughs) what are these going to do to stop gun violence? They aren't. Let's talk about it right now with Amy Swear. She is a senior legal policy analyst at the Heritage Foundation. Amy, how are you? And welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. You know, Amy, one thing that you point out in your article that really isn't getting a lot of attention is Joe Biden's nomination to head up uh, ATF. I mean, who is this guy and why is he such a threat? 
Yeah, so this has been uh, a little bit uh, undervalued in terms of you yeah. know, things that have been talked about coming out of this. Um, so his nominee's name is David Shipman. He is a longtime former ATF agent turned gun control, not just advocate, but but I believe he's actually been registered as a lobbyist mm-hmm. um, for, for some of these things. He works for, I believe, uh, the G- Giffords Gun Control Group. He has been uh, very vocal about his uh, views on the Second Amendment, um, I- including his support for policies that would undermine the right of law-abiding Americans to keep and bear arms. Um, and, and on top of that, I mean, you have last year uh, coming out some of his statements that were just uh, I, I mean, there's no other way to say it except that they were dripping with disdain for the eight million or so first time gun owners from 2020, you know, asking if they were, you know, what are they afraid of zombies, referring to them, uh, characterizing them as uh, Tiger King, you know, <laughs> you're just sort of throwing them <laughs> under the bus for, you know, looking around and saying, wow, I don't know that the government can or is able or willing to protect me, I'm going to protect myself. And and he just sort of threw them under the bus and then drove the bus over them. So I guess I could get me a Tiger King t-shirt because I'm a new new gun owner. I purchased my gun in 2020. I guess I could call myself Tiger King as well, Amy, as a result of what Chipman had to say. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and that's on on top of, I, I mean, so he's a former ATF agent. He's often said things that, you know, frankly, as someone who knows guns, he knows better. Um, I recall he actually testified next to me before the House Judiciary Committee and at one point, you know, saying something like um, barrel shrouds. The point of those is so that people can, you know, grab the barrel and fire rapidly from the hip, which is <laughs> not the point of them at all. And and further, you know, I, I'm not aware of a single mass shooter who has ever fired from the hip. Um, and on top of that, it doesn't change the mechanics of the guns. It doesn't make you fire more rapidly. So just things like that, where, you know, it sort of gives you this picture of, of who this man is um, and, and the sort of, uh, you know, whether or not you believe he comes to this in good faith, just you know, some of the things that he says are very problematic. Amy, you're right about the fact that after uh, last week's uh, announcement, two things are immediately clear, and let's go through both of them. First of all, this is primarily a political stunt on the part of Joe Biden. I mean, does he honestly believe any of these steps are going to stop gun violence? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. No, and, and I don't think anybody looking at what these actual policies contemplate can can come away with that. I mean, granted, we don't have the the new regulations yet. I, you mm-hmm. know, we won't see those for a couple of months. Um, but at the end of the day, we're talking about 
you know, even if you put aside very serious constitutional problems, or we're dealing with things that are, are not aimed at the main causes or, or even the, the main components of gun crime. You're, you're dealing with things like pistol braces um, that, you know, if, if anything, law-abiding citizens use them all the time to make it easier for them to handle things like handguns. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at the same time, you know, you look at what is actually underlying gun deaths in this country. Two-thirds of them are suicides. It doesn't matter if you have a pistol brace or, or anything like that or a ghost gun for a suicide. That That's simply not a realistic component of it. And it's certainly not driving um, major things like, like mass shootings or criminal gun violence. That's really not how it is. And then on top of that, he's not even banning them. He's saying you're going to pay the government an extra $200 tax to <laughs> register them, and you can still keep them. And so it just makes no sense. Yeah, and and he really... I, uh... I don't know if Joe Biden is a gun owner or not. I have no idea. He may be. But he's really going after responsible gun owners, blaming responsible gun owners for every gun problem we have in this country, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, that does seem to be sort of the underlying connotation, especially, again, when you look at the effect of this. The effect of it is, do you want to know who's going to go pay the extra $200 tax? It's going to be people who already passed a background check to buy these guns or to buy these components in the first place. They're going to give the government you know, $200 per item, uh, and it's not going to make a difference because the same individuals uh, who got their guns illegally in the first place, or overwhelmingly those individuals who are committing gun crimes, are going to continue to not say, hey, government, it's me, illegal gun owner. Here's $200. Please <laughs> register my gun. But that's just not how it works. Is that what he's gunning for, do you think, uh, Amy? Uh, national gun registration? Well, so, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything that the, the president himself can do in terms of how the executive branch functions. We certainly have seen members of Congress introduce bills. Um, Sheila Jackson Lee, for example, a Congress, congresswoman out of Texas, has introduced, um, I, I believe the number is H.R. 127, which would be some sort of national licensure uh, component for gun owners. And, of course, it's not just, you know, an easy <laughs> licensure component. It's, it's very intensive. It basically requires you to uh, go to a government psychiatrist and prove <laughs> that you are you know, sane enough to own a gun. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're seeing that push, um, but I, I don't think right now that's, that's the more realistic issue at a federal level. Boy, I'm glad I don't have to take one of those tests. They'd rule me that I'm crazy as can be. So, Amy, <laughs> <laughs> Amy great chatting with you. Thank you for your time this afternoon. Thank you. All right. On our Newsmaker line from the Heritage Foundation, Amy Swearer, talking about the fact that Joe Biden's gun actions won't do anything to deter gun violence in this country. The Rod Arquette Show continues here on Talk Radio 105.9. KNRS, listen, and you'll know. All right. Stock market down a little bit today, but over the past couple of weeks, man, it has been in record-setting territory. Now, What's happening in the short term right now is anybody's guess. We, But it appears that the U.S. economy is coming back. Employment is going to get stronger and stronger as the unemployment numbers go down. Now, what about inflation? Well, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell said on 60 Minutes last night, he doesn't think there's any way that they're going to raise rates this year. So the economy is going to be strong. The stock market is going to be strong. What does that mean for your financial future and your financial strategy. Find out by reaching out to the great team at Trajan Wealth. Why Trajan Wealth? Well, first of all, 
they have numerous areas where they can offer you help in. It could be a tax issue, could be an issue with your 401k, maybe even Social Security, maybe your retirement, trying to make sure you're properly planned for your retirement. They can do it all at Trajan Wealth. And as a fiduciary, they're required to make sure that your interests are first and foremost when they sit down with you. So what are you waiting for? Why not reach out to the wonderful team, Jeff Jr. and his team at Trajan Wealth? Give them a call right now. Set up an appointment in Draper. They take care of all the CDC protocols. 801-899-7600. Trajan Wealth. 801-899-7600. or online at columbusvacations.com. Thanks, Columbus. Well, we told you, la- welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show. We told you last week that a, uh, an organization here in the state of Utah called Utah Parents United were going to do something about the uh, mask mandate, which, w- which continues in K-12 schools throughout the state until June 15th. That was an order from the governor, and it was allowed under the endgame bill passed by state lawmakers and signed into law by the governor. And Utah Parents United, I think, frustrated by, you know, making their children wear masks to school all the time. And we have been since, what, back in April uh, or even before that. Uh, April of last year is what I'm talking about or when they returned to class this year. And they held rallies around the state uh, over the weekend. I saw coverage of them, at least the one in Davis County, pretty good size one, as a matter of fact, with the Davis schools. And a lot of people saying, hey, you know, these kids... They are not a threat to themselves. They are not a threat to the teachers. Yet they continue, the government continues to force them to wear masks. So there were rallies held around the state over the weekend. And then today there were demonstrations where uh, children were being sent to school with letters from their parents saying that they excuse their children from having to wear a mask and they should be allowed to go to school. Well, there was apparently some pushback around the state. And coming up at 5.05, we'll talk with Corinne Johnson with Utah Patients United about what happened in our schools today. Now, I saw this uh, column. I just want to share a little bit of it with you from uh, Bill O'Reilly. And he wrote in his column last week about a trifecta of chaos. And that's what's going on in this country today. He, He writes, it's a one, two, three punch. Right now, we we are looking at massive, and I mean massive, government spending. We've never seen the likes of it in a very, very long time. Aggressive taxation. You know, they're going. They claim they're going after corporations and people who make more than four hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, we're all going to pay for it. So we know where that's going. Open borders. Boy, it is taking place right now. And the administration, the Biden has no idea what's going on, and then we have woke fascism. And we had corporations, I think there were 100 of them, over the weekend that got on a Zoom call and on Saturday and basically said, okay, what are we going to do about states like Georgia? Now, Georgia has passed election security laws. That's what I call them, election security laws. And they make sure that the integrity of the election in Georgia, whatever election it is, that people can trust it because everybody followed the rules. But now you had these 100 CEOs over the weekend 
getting together and trying to figure out how to deal with states like Georgia that are moving in the same direction as Georgia has gone. So O'Reilly writes about the fact that always in this country, we have had citizens who are either too lazy or too selfish to pay attention to the common good of the country. They're out for themselves. They're out for their maybe their families. They're out for you know themselves for the most part. Now, as you recall, during the revolution back in 70, 1776, there were people who felt, hey, it was cool being a columnist and uh, supporting King George. They were called Tories, for those who don't know that. Uh, as a matter of fact, there is a street in Massachusetts in Cambridge today that is called Tory Row, and they supported the king. Remind you of anything? I mean, as Bill points out, O'Reilly points out in this column, Biden is as clueless as King George. He actually believes that boycotting the state of Georgia is a positive step for democracy. Every piece of evidence available, Mr. Biden thinks his border strategy is good, even as hundreds of thousands of migrants pour into the United States. And then there are the massive taxes that Biden is willing to oppose because American taxpayers are going to have support, uh, have to support millions of foreign nationals as well as stop worldwide climate change. Yet according to the polls, about half the country right now think that Joe Biden is doing a good job. Hello, George. The other half, uh-uh. <laughs> it's just not working. Socialism is on the rise. Joe Biden is not going to fight it. He, of course, already has his. And now in his diminished state, he has morphed into a woke social justice warrior fighting for the disenfranchised. America, wake up. Please wake up. Because if we don't wake up, we will wake up someday. If we are already doing it every day. And why say to ourselves, ask the question, why did we allow Joe Biden to erase America? Because I think that's exactly what he's trying to do. All right, the latest on the mask mandate, and we'll talk about what happened in Minneapolis again. It's nationwide keyword at KNRS.com. Summer. That's summer. Enter it now. We're live, we're local, and we're everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back to the Rod Arquette Show, hour number two on this Monday afternoon. Nice, sunshiny afternoon on the hour. Bit cool, but, you know, it is spring, like we used to say. Um, still a lot to come. A little bit later on in the show, Congressman Chris Stewart will join us. We'll get his reaction to the visit by Interior Secretary Deborah Holland last week to the Bears Ears Grand Staircase National Park. I mean... I think most people realize that Joe Biden is going to put it back to where it was before Donald Trump became president of the United States. But is that going to do us any good? Is this, Are these two areas, which we all love, we all want to preserve and protect? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Are going to be footballs forever and ever, political footballs. You know, if it's a Democratic president, it gets this big. If it's a Republican president, it gets this small. I mean, you know, there's got to be a solution to this, and Chris Stewart will join us, and we'll talk about that. Dr. Tom Price, former head of uh, Health and Human Services under the uh, Trump administration, will join us. He's got an interesting article about Obamacare and um, why it's not living up to its promises. Well, we know many of the reasons, because it's federal government taking control of our health care. He'll, he'll join us and talk about that. Um, I want to I want to start off this hour, though, and uh, bring on my next guest, Corinne Johnson. She is with the um, Utah Parents United organization. This is an organization that is um, saying, wait a minute, we no longer need to require kids in school, K-12, K-12, through to wear masks. The kids do not get sick. They do not carry it. They do not give it to other people. And teachers, most teachers probably in the state now, have been fully vaccinated. So why are we requiring kids to wear masks? So they held rallies on Friday. And then today, a number of kids throughout the state, I'm not sure of the number, went to school carrying letters from their parents saying, my parents say I no longer have to wear a mask to school and I'm here to go to school. And guess what? Some of the kids ran into some problems. Corinne's on her newsmaker line right now. Corinne, thanks for joining us. Can you give us an update, Corinne, as to what has happened so far today? Rod, we've had a tremendous support from parents across the state of Utah for the See My Smile campaign. They feel empowered and excited to take back their rights. And we had parents come to rallies all across the state of Utah. Um, We had really great turnout in Washington County, Iron County, Davis County. We had rallies in Morgan County, in in Uinta County. It was fabulous to see them all coming together to support this movement for their kids. What happened? And I can tell you Did it achieve anything? about this morning. Yeah, tell us about this morning, because I know this was kind of day two of what you had planned. What happened this morning? So this morning, a lot of parents, we probably have hundreds across the state of Utah that did send their kids to school without a mask with their their letter asserting that they, they as a parent, can make these decisions for their kids. And they have had different experiences, but the majority of these students have been turned away from school and have been denied an education. Um, We have students who are currently sitting in classrooms um, in the office, and they're being forced to sit there and stay there and be educated in an office because they won't wear masks. Um, There was a girl who said, my mom said I don't have to wear a mask, and the school refused to allow her to call her mother on the phone unless she was wearing a mask. We have a report of a student who had the resource officer come up to him and get in his face and intimidate him. 
and tell him he had to wear a mask. We have stories of a nine-year-old girl who said, I don't need to wear this anymore. My mommy says, I don't need to wear this anymore. And the assistant principal got down on her level and intimidated her until she put the mask on and went to school. All of these happened before a parent was called, before a parent had an opportunity to speak with their child. And what we're seeing is there is a horrific culture being created in the state of Utah where children are being bullied and threatened and detained in classrooms, treated like they're criminals because they have made a choice for their health and for their body to say, this isn't healthy for me. I can't do this. I can't wear this mask anymore in school. And my parents agree that this isn't good for me. And it just really break, it breaks my heart, Rod. It's really sad to see this happening. Mm-hmm. And but there are ways to stop it. Did, did you somewhat expect this to happen, though, Corinne, going into it, knowing that there was a mask mandate in place in schools until, what, I guess June 15th? Did you somewhat expect this is how the kids and their moms and dads would be treated? We did expect to see some pushback from the schools, and they made it very clear in emails that there would be pushback. But to see in person the way these children and these parents have been treated, they're not being treated with any level of respect and civility. And that is what is just surprising and hurtful is let's sit and have a conversation. Let's sit down and discuss this. It is a school's responsibility to accommodate a child. And the answer is very simple here. There is something the school can do. They can just accept the parent's note. They can work with the school district to change the policy and accept a parent note. It is within the rights of the school. They've made it clear that they won't do that. It's not that they can't do that, Rod, because they can. It says in the USB manual they can, but they won't do it. And that's where it's sad to see the lack of civility towards these parents. And they're left with very little option at this point. And we have a lot of parents in the state of Utah who are now ready to push back with legal action against their schools for the way their children have been treated. I want to ask you about a comment I saw in, I think it was the Salt Lake Tribune over the weekend from Representative Paul Ray, who pushed this uh, effort on the part of the state to get rid of this mask mandate, but kept it open for the K-12 through students. And he said, the requirement was put into place. I didn't, I, I didn't realize this is one of the reasons, was put in place to prevent school sports teams from refusing to play against opponents who weren't wearing masks. What is your reaction to that? I'm surprised that UHSAA or any sports team or anything at all is, is making this argument at this point. Uh, I think that's really, really flimsy because these kids have been playing against each other without masks all year. Every single person who plays sports is COVID tested. There's not a single positive COVID player on the field. So to, to argue that every child in the state of Utah should wear a mask so sports teams can compete when that's what they've been doing all year is 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 uh, that is that is very frankly it's it's frustrating to me that that is how flimsy of an excuse they need to keep our kids in masks where do you go from here corinne yeah where do you go from here corinne you know we have had a lot of support from state legislatures legislators on this movement burgess owens made a fabulous statement of support and We have been told that the very best thing to do right now is for people to report what's happening to their kids 
and how they're being treated in their schools to their senators and to their legislators in the House and request that they convene a special session and fix this. It was a mistake to keep the K-12 mask mandate in place. The data does not support the mandate. And the legislature has the power to change this, and they need to do that. They really need to take a step up here for our kids and fix this problem that they that they allowed to, allowed to happen have happened. On our newsmaker line, Corinne Johnson. She is with the Utah Parents United, talking about rallies and uh, demonstrations today. Uh, individual demonstrations today against mask mandates in our schools. All right, when we come back, how does a police officer confuse a taser with a gun? We'll talk more about what happened in Minneapolis yesterday and get your reaction to it coming up right here on the Rod Arquette Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. Well, we've got more figures out about how much weight we Americans have gained during covid And here's what's going on. 42% of Utah adults reported undesired weight gain due to COVID. That's according to a recent survey by the American Psychological Association. Average increase, 29 pounds. Well, if you want to lose those pandemic pounds, why not do it with NJ Diet? It only takes 40 days to lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 50 plus pounds. NJ Diet's program, it starts with bioenergetically personalized supplements, all based on your hair, your saliva, and your blood work. Then, NJ Diet uses DNA testing to create your ideal diet plan and workout regimen and genetically assesses over 50 different metabolic factors to help you keep the weight off and stay healthy for the rest of your life. Don't want to do it alone? That's fine. NJ Diet, well, they're with you every step of the way. You also get the doctor's personal email and phone number. It's all natural, no shots, no hormones, and no surgery. Located close by here in Salt Lake City in the Sugar House Center or from home, live online video consultations. Visit NJDiet.com, call 855 and sell your car as well. Rioting, looting, again in the city of Minneapolis. After a uh, 20-year-old man was shot and killed by police officers last night. Body cam footage is available if you want to take a look at it and see exactly what happened. But here we go again. Now, the officer, uh, a female, thought she had drawn her taser. But she actually had pulled out her gun, her Glock. And shot once, hitting the young man, who then drove off, drove for several blocks until until he was involved in an accident, which killed him. Um, And as police described it, the details here today are an officer fired at, let's see, it happened in Brooklyn Center, which apparently is the suburb of Minneapolis. And they said the officer had stopped an individual shortly before 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon. After determining that the driver had an outstanding warrant, police tried to arrest him. But the driver re-entered the vehicle, fought off police, struggled with police, re-entered the vehicle, and started driving away. Or was about to drive away. The officer then stepped forward and said, I'll tase you. Taser, taser, taser. And that went on. That 
that warning, and you can hear it, lasts for about eight seconds. And then she fires. And she fires her gun. She thought she was holding a taser. And immediately after she did it, she said, oh, S-word, I shot him. It was an accident. Now, how many people are going to believe that? That's going to be the question, because a lot of people are saying, there we go again. Another example of police, a white police officer, or officers in this case, arresting a young black man, and they shoot and kill him. That's what, that's what the narrative is going to be. When, in fact, look at all of the things surrounding this. This young man was pulled over because he had expired tags on his car. It's happened to me before. Um, and then police checked his identity, as they do, and come to find out that uh, there were uh, some outstanding warrants out there for his arrest, including the fact that at one time he apparently ran away from police and apparently had either purchased or was carrying an illegal weapon. So they go to arrest him, and the young man again fights it off, jumps in his car to try and get away. I mean, if Joe Biden out there, now Joe Biden today said, hey, violence is not going to solve anything. Let's not do this again. Let's wait for the investigate. Well, he didn't say this, but my opinion, wait for the investigation to find out exactly what happened. This female officer apparently is a seasoned officer. She's a veteran of the Brooklyn Center Police Department. Not sure what her record is. She hasn't been identified as of yet. The Brooklyn Center police chief won't do that as of yet, but you know that is going to surface. And here we go again. We'll have a debate over police reform, about how police deal with young offenders, some of whom are black, who resist arrest. Do you just let them go? Catch them later? What do you do? I mean, in a situation like that, the officer thought, that she had pulled her taser. And she kept on saying, I'll tase you, I'll tase you, taser, taser, taser. She fires it because the kid, he's only 20 years old, is not responding and still trying to get away. And in fact, after she shoots him, he drives off, gets in an accident in which he is killed. Um, So there are a lot of questions around here, but I want to open up the phones to you. 888-570-8010. This all went down probably in a matter of, well, the actual warning to the young man to stop lasted only eight seconds. But I go back to what I originally said. In many of these cases, if a suspect will do what police ask them to do, in many of these cases that we've had in the past year and a half, they would probably be alive today. But resisting arrest, if, if Joe Biden wants to put out a message, the message should be, look, if you're doing something wrong, or if you know you have an outstanding warrant on you, and I imagine this kid did too, maybe it was a badge of honor for him among young people, hey, I got a warrant for my arrest, man, isn't that cool? Um, you know what? Don't resist arrest. Now, is it a lack of faith in the legal system? 
and that's why they're so afraid to be arrested, is the fact that they could be arrested and put in jail and may get the daylights beat out of them, either by other inmates or by cops, who knows, prison security. But if you're in a situation like that, why are people resisting arrest? Resisting arrest? They know what's going to happen, do they not? Officers are going to do whatever they can to stop them. Or should officers now just start letting people go? And what is that going to accomplish? It all happens so very fast, doesn't it? And things can change just like that. Your thoughts and comments. 888-5708010, 888-5708010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, Hey, Rod, we'll get your calls and comments. Coming up right here on the Rod Arquette Show in Utah's Talk Radio 105.9, KNRS, listen and you'll know. All right, I've got a message for you right now from the Utah COVID-19 Task Force. I got my second vaccination on Friday, thanks to the good folks in Kaysville who had one left over and got me my second shot. But once you're fully vaccinated, what should you be doing? Well, here here are some tips from the COVID Task Force. Always wash your hands. Keep your hands clean. It's a great habit to keep for the rest of your life, really. I do it now. It protects you from COVID-19 and many other germs and diseases. Visit with friends and family who are now vaccinated. You can now visit indoors and close contact with other people who are vaccinated without worrying about getting someone sick. Visit with uh, friends and family who are low risk. You can visit with someone who is at low risk and hasn't been vaccinated yet without wearing a mask or distancing. No more quarantine. You don't have to quarantine or get tested if you're exposed to someone who has COVID-19 unless you get the symptoms. Now, COVID-19 task force asked you to wear a mask, wash your hands often, and physically distance when you're around someone who hasn't been vaccinated. If you want all the details. Cook, that's cook. And for a limited time, you'll get 20% off your first four orders from imperfectfoods.com. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. There's going to be a lot of questions asked over the next couple of days about what happened in uh, Workland Center, Minneapolis, or Minnesota, yesterday, about 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon, where a uh, police officer, a police cruiser, pulled over a uh, vehicle that had an expired tag, went to the uh, car and asked the uh, man who is driving, 20-year-old Dante Wright, for his identification. They run a check on it, as they always do, I believe. Come to find out he is wanted on a number of uh, of uh, warrants, outstanding warrants, one including uh, fleeing from police in the past. Well, once he hears that, and police, I think on the video, I think I heard him say, well, we're going to have to arrest you. And he immediately gets out of the hold he was being held in and jumps in his car and tries to take off. That's when another officer, a female officer, comes into the scene. She has what she believes is her taser drawn, and in eight eight seconds continues to tell him, I'll tase you, taser, taser, taser. And then she fires, and it is her gun, not her taser. And he is struck once, drives off, and a few blocks away, runs into another vehicle, and he is killed. Now, uh, here's the latest from many... So... My question should be, what what on earth should we expect from our police officers nowadays? I mean, if I'm a police officer and I go to arrest somebody, 
and that person fights against that arrest, tries to run away, tries to flee, and maybe that person was apprehended or is being questioned by police because they find out him or her, he or her, whatever you want to say, has an outstanding warrant. And we ask our police officers to keep the law. People who break the law should be should face the consequences, and that may mean jail time. So do we just give up now and tell officers if the individual has an outstanding warrant and it's for fleeing police or, I don't want to call that minor because I don't think that's minor, but, you know, if they have outstanding warrants now, and oftentimes they do, and same thing, remember the... Uh, what was it? It was the shooting in Atlanta at the uh, at the Wendy's in Atlanta where police ran a check on this guy. Come to find out, he had an outstanding warrant. He takes off, and he is shot and killed by police. And it happens time and time again because a suspect refused to be arrested and take off. What do we want police to do in those situations? I want We ask our police to protect and serve. Protect us and serve us. And in serving us, go after those people who have broken the law. Isn't that what we want them to do? Yet nowadays, you know, if you run away from a police officer, are they even going to chase you anymore? In some cases, you run away, you may get shot, and you may die. Because you did not follow what a police officer told you to do. So my question is, and the phone lines are open to you, 888-570-8010, or on your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, Rod. You know, again, the question is, how does a police officer confuse a taser with their handgun? How does that happen? And as Clark Opposian called in and informed me during one of the breaks, a taser is usually held on the opposite side of your support side. That's normally where police carry their weapon. Uh, It is usually held, you know, backwards in a holster so that you really do have to reach across and pull it out if you're right-handed or left-handed, apparently where where it is. Um, It's similar in size to a gun, okay? So maybe that's where she was confused. Um, But most of them have some some sort of coloring, usually yellow, on the taser so that other officers and you yourself as an officer can realize, you know, I've got my taser, I don't have my gun. But why didn't she recognize that? That's going to be a question. Why didn't she recognize that? Now, you are in the heat of the moment here. You know, you're, if you've ever been in a tussle at all, I mean, it, it, things happen very fast. They get ugly real fast. And then we want our officers to do something about it. Should, you know, when police had found that he had an outstanding warrant, should they have not even attempted to arrest him, to arrest him, and just let him go and say, well, we'll catch up with him later? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Well, what about the next time? Is he going to resist arrest and then police let him go again? What about the time after that? You know, this... Fear, whatever it is, of police officers on the part of black men in this country. I don't know how you overcome that. I don't know what you do in that case. And that's why I'm asking you, what do you do in this case? These poor officers out there are given a tough, tough, tough task. Bless you men and women who are out there patrolling our streets and doing whatever you can to keep us safe. How about these two officers down in Salt Lake County who got shot? What about that? Is anyone saying, feeling sorry for them, holding demonstrations on their behalf, burning down buildings, looting stores on their behalf? No. Because we know that's not going to accomplish anything. But there are some out there who feel, if we just did that, people will pay attention. 888-570-8010 on your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say, hey, Rod, to the phones we go, let's talk with Michael, who's in Eagle Mountain tonight. Michael, how are you? Welcome to the show. Very good. I'm doing very well, Rod. How are you? I I'm love great. your show. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Michael, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I've got Pat's experience in this with law enforcement, mm-hmm. and, and speaking as a former Leo, it's hard enough, when your adrenaline is going in the heat of the moment, it's hard enough to tie your shoes let alone remember your name and the poor lady, you know, God bless her. She picked the wrong side for the draw. And uh, that's all I can say for her. And I just feel terrible for both sides. What do we do in these cases? Like you said, Michael, I mean, the adrenaline is flowing. It's the heat of the moment. You're trying to do your job. This young man obviously wanted to get away from police. Do we just let him go? I don't know how we can, can we? Absolutely not. We have a no-pursuit policy in with many departments, and we should never, ever adopt a no-arrest, no-fight policy when it comes to a, a felon. And that's what this, this gentleman was, and it's a horrible, horrible situation. Don't get me wrong on anything with that. But uh, in a nutshell, with this kid's opinion, it would be training. You practice, you play how you practice. Um, if you're gonna, if you go taser, 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 you should know you cross draw. You don't go straight down. All right, Michael. Appreciate your input on that. Let's go to uh, Don, who's in Syracuse tonight. Don, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks. I think it's time we gave our police a little bit of room. And you know, when the president comes on right away and condemns this without having no no information at all, we're not going to have any police with us anymore 
really an issue, I think. Yeah, I, I fear that too, Don. I mean, if you're a young man or young woman and you want to get into law enforcement, how many of them are out there thinking, nah, I, I'm not going there. I'm, I'm going to find something else to do. I do not want to put myself in a situation like this police officer finds herself in today. It's scary to think about that we may be losing some very good people because they just don't want to risk being a police officer anymore, Don. And particularly when the guy's already got a warrant. Oh, yeah. You know, that kind of implies that maybe he's guilty of something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should give him, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's I, getting out of hand. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Don. I mean, let's give our police a little bit of leeway here, too. Let's understand their story before everyone jumps to a condu- conclusion and want to condemn that police officer. All right, more of your calls coming up. 888-5708010-888-5708010. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say, Hey, Rod, spring is here. Homes are selling like hotcakes out there. And yes, you want to put your home on the market. You say, you know, market is red hot. I can get a good price for my home. I'm just going to put a sign out front and see what happens. Well, let me tell you what's going to happen is you'll get a lot of offers. But which one is the right one for you? That's where Justin Udy and Team Real Estate can help you. You know, he has a guarantee now. If you list your home with Justin, and if it's not under contract within 14 days, Justin will sell it for no commission whatsoever. He's better at his guarantee. It used to be 29 days. Now it's down to 14 days. You know, Justin and his team, they've been recognized here in the state as one of the best sales teams in the state. And he's also sold more than 1,000 homes in Salt Lake and in surrounding areas. So you can trust Justin to sell your home and get the price that you're seeking. All you do is have to reach out to Justin Udy. He's with Century 21 Everest Group. Go online to justinudy.com. That's justinudy.com. Fill out the necessary form, and someone from his firm will be right back into About keeping that feeling alive. Shields, we feel it too. Sail on now. The Rod Arquette here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9. KNRS listening, you'll know. Well, Interior Secretary Deborah Holland spent a couple of days in southern Utah last week uh, basically touring Bears Ears and Grand Staircase National Monument. You know, most people believe Joe Biden is going to put this back to where it originally was until Donald Trump reduced its size, as he had every right to do. But, you know, these are becoming political footballs, and we'll talk with... uh, Chris Stewart about that and how we can put an end to this craziness coming up at 6.05. Back to the phones we go as we talk about what happened in uh, Minneapolis, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, just outside of Minneapolis. Boy, putting police in a very difficult situation. 20-year-old man, his name is Dante Wright, shot and killed by police. The officer thought she was tasing him when, in fact, she shot shot him. He drove off and a few seconds later ran into a car and was killed. Uh, Tough, tough call for police. And you know, it's an accidental shooting, even though the uh, the uh, coroner there in Hennepin County today ruled his death as a homicide. To the phones we go. Let's talk with John, who's in Draper tonight. John, welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Rod, I just want to, first of all, take my hat off to our uniformed servicemen and women. Amen. And thank them. Amen. Uh, I want to uh, uh, say uh, uh, condolences to the family who lost their uh, loved one, but I have to say that when police officers are in high-stress situ- situations, they're making split-second decisions under high stress. 
And I think we should cut him some slack because uh, afterward we can slice it and dice it. We have high, you know, cameras. We have multiple angles. We can take measurements of how far away they were and what was happening. And of course, the textbook uh, situation after the fact is always getting the answer right. These people who are making these decisions in just moments, seconds, uh, yeah. uh, should be given some break. Boy, they sure should be, John, and thank you. And a shout-out to all you uniformed officers out there and all the work that you do. You do very important work, and right now it's a little rough out there, but hang in there because I think a majority of the American people are behind in what you're trying to do. Let's go to John in Layton and see what John has to say on this tonight. John, welcome to the Rod Arquette Show. Hello, Ron. How are you, John? I'm ticked off about what they expect the police to do. Yeah. Uh, Starting off with the Atlanta thing. When they checked the fellow out, uh, there was parked in the uh, Chick-fil-A uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, driveway, found out he had a warrant, tried to arrest him. They should uh, they they should have arrested him. They were trying. Well, he he grabbed the taser and ran away from him, tasered, him one, taver, tasered one of them in the face. Yep. Well, he deserved to be shot. And this nonsense about uh, doing anything to the cop, trying to charge the cop with murder, is strictly bull hockey. <laughs> well, this, this, you know, what, what, uh, you know, John, what do we expect an officer to do? An officer checks the record of someone, finds out they have an outstanding warrant, needs to be arrested. What is an officer supposed to do? Arrest his butt. <laughs> That's what I say. That's what we all want, John. All right, John. Thank you very much for your phone call. Much more is going to be said on this. I'm just looking at uh, Fox News and the monitor here in the studio right now. And uh, police are there in force. Uh, They're trying to protect the Brooklyn Center Police Department from any vandalism. There was vandalism last night. One officer was injured. They were throwing rocks. They were throwing bricks. They were throwing frozen cans of beer and pop, trying to injure the police officers. Uh, The president came out today and said, hey, everybody, let's cool this. The governor of Minnesota has said exactly the same thing. Let's keep a lid on this. Let us investigate this. This officer has to feel horrible. You know, she thought she had drawn her taser when, in fact, she had drawn her handgun. And a lot of questions are going to be raised about that officer, should she have known better that it was, in fact, her handgun and not her taser, because we'd have a whole different story. I go back to what I originally said. Quit resisting arrest. If you do that, things will work out. All right, when we come back, Chris Stewart will join us. We'll talk about Bears Ears and Grand Staircase. Actually guaranteed 20 to 50 plus pounds. Visit NJDiet.com or call them today, 855-5NJ-DIET. We are live, we're local, and of course, we're everywhere with you on the iHeartRadio app. How are you, everybody? Welcome back. Third hour of the Rod Arquette Show on this Monday. Hope you had a very, very nice weekend, everybody. Uh, Buck Sexton will be along coming up at 7 o'clock, and Buck will be with you right up until uh, 7 o'clock tonight. Later on this hour, um, Dr. Tom Price. Dr. Price is a former head of Health and Human Services. He was the secretary under President Trump for a time. Uh, he's also a senior healthcare policy fellow at the Job Creators Network. Do you realize that Obamacare has been with us now for 11 years, signed into law in March of 2010, uh, and has Obamacare, Obamacare held up to any of its promises? I don't think it has. How about you? 
We'll uh, talk with Dr. Price about that coming up uh, in our next segment. But right now, joining us on our Newsmaker Line is Utah Congressman Chris Stewart. Um, Chris was scheduled to go down and look at the border last week, but then we re- then he uh, found out that uh, Interior Secretary Deb Holland, Biden's pick to head up the Interior Department, would be in Utah for a couple of days, taking a look at the Grand Staircase National Monument and Bears Ears. Of course, both were established by President Clinton and President Obama. But then when Donald Trump became president, he reduced the size, simply saying they were simply too large and uh, had um, basically said the two former presidents had used the Antiquities Act in the wrong way. Now Joe Biden is back in the White House, and it's expected that Joe Biden is again going to put back Bears Ears and Grand Staircase to their original size, if not larger. As I mentioned, Chris Stewart toured with her uh, last week. He's on our Newsmaker line right now. Chris, thanks for joining us tonight. Chris, I want to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, I think it is a foregone conclusion. A lot of people feel that Joe Biden is going to put it back, Bears Ears, to 1.9 acres. But I want to ask you, is every square inch of that 1.9 acres really need to be protected with Bears Ears, Chris? Well, it's almost certainly true. I mean, we've we've heard that from the very beginning. And, and look, this administration doesn't care about Utah, and they certainly don't care about rural Utah. They do care about environmental groups, and they're, uh, I think they're going to respond to them far more than they're going to respond to you or, or me. Uh, and this is, a, this is a check the box, go out there and listen. But having said that, I was impressed with Secretary Holland and, and her demeanor. She was, she was quite sincere. She appeared uh, there was a humility about her and a willingness to listen. Uh, so I'm not naive, and, I, and I'm not foolish. I learned those lessons, you know, when I first came into politics. But I do think that uh, she listened more intently than I thought she would, and, and I think we put our best foot forward. So um, I, I can't say that I'm optimistic, but uh, I'm a little bit more uh, more convinced that perhaps we have a pathway forward than I was, you know, a week ago. Chris, does I got thinking about this over the weekend. Does every square inch of the 1.9 million acres that they want to pr- move it back again. Does every square inch of that 1.9 million acres need to be protected, Chris? Well, that's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think both you and I, and I, I think the vast majority of Utahns would look at Bearsers and say, yeah, there's antiquities there. There are things that we need to protect. You would say the same thing about the Grand Sierra case. There's some of that stuff that's truly unique. We need to protect it. <clears throat> but does it need to be 1.9 million acres? Does it need to be 1.3 million acres? That's the thing we find so offensive, so objectionable to this. And the Antiquities Act, the law is very specific. It says that, that, that you should use the smallest acreage, the smallest possible outcome to protect the antiquity. And and the second thing I would add to that is, you know, this land that we pull out of the monument, it's still federal land. It's still subject to all of the rules and regulations designed to protect it. It's not like we just, you know, sell it for 10 cents an acre and some guy's out there strip mining it. For one thing, in hardly any of these circumstances, is there any natural resources that they can take advantage of? So, look, that's what it comes down to is what can we protect and what, what's the appropriate way to protect it without being so uh, uh, just so obtrusive to, to the people here in Utah? Chris, why is it so difficult to make a final decision on this and do it legislatively instead of through executive orders? What makes that so difficult? Well, because there's politics involved, and you've got, as I said, environmental groups and some other groups that, frankly, they use this to raise money, 
and and they don't want this solved because if a solution is brought in and the problem goes away, you know, then a lot of their emotion, a lot of their ability to raise money goes away. And and it and it, look, it's hard to move legislation through the through the house on nearly anything. I mean, look at my suicide prevention bill. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was bipartisan. Didn't cost any money. It took me three years. Gives you a sense of how hard it is to move legislation that's a lot more a lot more emotional to it, and that's public lands because there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. So it takes time. But the thing we've argued, Rod, is <clears throat> to the administration: look, you can ping pong this thing back and forth. You know, you can you can increase the acreage and increase and impose more restrictions. When a, when we have a Republican president, which I pray we have in 24, we're going to go ask him to reduce it back to reasonable number. You can do that back and forth, or as you said, work with us on legislation that moves through Congress. Let's try to fix this, bring permanency to it, so that people who live in these communities can anticipate what their future will look like, rather than not knowing. Joe Biden obviously wants to gain stature and just returning it back to the 1.9, doesn't he, Chris? I mean, that's easy for him to do, wouldn't it be? Yeah, it's really easy, and it it scores points with the people he cares about, you know, environmentalists and environmental activists and groups. Uh, And he doesn't pay any price with the people he doesn't care about, and that's farmers and ranchers and, you know, people who make a living off the land in rural Utah. So, yeah, it's real easy. And the only thing we can hope, as as we made our case to the secretary last week, is you know, build a legacy that the president's been saying, I want to be bipartisan. I came here to represent all Americans. Well, he certainly hasn't demonstrated that, not yet. Everything he's done so far has been partisan and very partisan. And here's an opportunity where you can work with the Republican delegation. You can work with a conservative state. Show us you want to be bipartisan. Don't just jam this down our throat like President Obama did and like President Clinton did. Uh, and that's our only hope is that, you know, somewhere in the administration there's someone who actually believes, yeah, we should try to do something bipartisan. Here's the chance to do it. We've talked a lot about Bears Ears. What about Grand Staircase? Same thing, Chris, do you feel? Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, the history on that's obviously longer. And, you know, my brother was the, was the chief of staff to the governor when, they, when President Clinton created the Grand Staircase. And he told the governor, and this is well known, this has been reported, you know, thousands of times. <clears throat> President Clinton called the governor and told him the night before, these things you're hearing, the rumors you're hearing, they're not true. We're not going to create a big monument in Utah. And the very next day, he sat on the rim of the Grand Canyon and pointed to Utah and said, I'm creating a huge monument over there. He wouldn't even come to Utah to make the announcement. And and so, like I say, the history there is longer. There was a lot of uh, a lot of motion over a potentially, you know, a very lucrative coal, uh, coal field that was there. But... You know, 30 years have passed, and uh, and a lot of that has changed now. And uh, But the people still feel like, look, the federal government lied to us. The president lied to us, and they took away a lot of our, a lot of our opportunity to, uh, to live a better life, to create jobs for our families, and <clears throat> that's kind of the history that we're dealing with there. Chris, do we have a real firm grasp of the extraction that could come out of those areas, or are we still kind of guessing on this? Well, I think we have we have a pretty good a pretty good background on like for example the coal deposits down in the Grand Escalante, the Grand Staircase. We know what's what's there. We've known that for many years. Now here's the the bit of uncertainty. The market has shifted, and that's not due necessarily to government policy. That's just the market has moved towards cleaner cleaner sources of energy, primarily natural gas. So yeah, we know that there's minerals there that you know 30 years ago would have been worth quite a lot. 
and created, you know, hundreds and hundreds of good-paying jobs for the community. But I don't think there's any coal extraction that's going to come in and, and be, you know, exploring for any more new mines in the United States. It just the market just doesn't support it. <clears throat> Very little extraction possibility out in the Bears areas. There's not, you know, it's not like the Uinta Basin where you have the, the natural gas and the oil deposits. It's it's really something that, as far as we know, they just don't have the same energy resources in that area. On our Newsmaker line, Utah 2nd District Congressman Chris Stewart. He was a member of the Utah Congressional Delegation, all members of the Congressional Delegation, and including the Governor and Lieutenant Governor, with uh, were with Interior Secretary Deb Holland last week as she toured the Grand Staircase uh, and Bears Ears Monuments and their, those areas. Uh, no doubt Joe Biden's going to put it back. The question is, how do we move forward on this? And I think uh, legislatively is the only way to do it. The Rod Arcancio continues here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9 KNRS. Listen, and you'll know, well, I head back to Hoops Vision tomorrow morning for a checkup on my eye that had cataract surgery now just about a month ago. And let me tell you what, it's been fantastic. The procedure itself was so easy. And the preparation, the nurses are with you every step of the way constantly telling you what's going on so that you feel well-informed. The doctor comes by, the anesthesiologist comes by, because you're mildly sedated during the six- to eight-minute procedure. And then after that, they make sure you recover properly, take you to your car, and you're on your way. And guess what? Your vision, clear as can be. With restored vision, life is amazing. And Hoops Vision, by the way, specializes in modern cataract surgery. It's designed to eliminate cataracts and your dependency on glasses, all at the same time using the latest in technology and premium lenses. Hoops Vision, well, they've been Utah's trusted choice for cataract surgery for decades now. So what are you waiting for? Give them a call right now. Call a one-on-one cataract surgery consultation. They'll put you through a series of tests. They'll take a look at your eye every which way they can to make sure what needs to be done. See every moment that much better, that more vivid, that more detailed with cataract surgery from Hoops Vision. Give them a call today. Call 877-30-LASIK. That's 877-305-274. And sell your car as well. little bumper music from the Hollies here on the Rod Arquette Show in Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS listening. You'll know. Welcome back. Don't forget Buck Sexton coming your way uh, tonight from 7 to 10 right here on Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you'll know. And we're excited to announce that coming up on Wednesday, this hour on Wednesday, uh, a special presentation of Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS is called Direct Link with Utah Governor Spencer Cox. Now, uh, we'll be joining with other station members of the Utah Broadcasters Association and have a one-hour show. It will happen bi-monthly with the governor, and the focus will be on rural issues facing Utah. Of course, he's from a small town. Part of his campaign was to bring economic vitality and growth back to rural Utah, and he'll be joining us every other month, and it all starts on Wednesday here during the final hour of the Rod Arquette Show, so we invite you to join us. That's coming up on Wednesday, direct link with Utah Governor Spencer Cox coming your way Wednesday starting at 6 right here on KNRS. Now, remember Obamacare 11 years ago. The promises that were made, costs will go down. You can keep your doctor. You can keep your insurance. All those promises that were made and broken. 
11 years later, where do we stand with all of this and about the broken promises? Well, we spoke earlier today on our Newsmaker Line with Dr. Tom Price. Dr. Price, former HHS Secretary under President Trump, now a Senior Healthcare Policy Fellow at the Job Creators Network. And I began my conversation with Dr. Price saying, is Obamacare so much a part of healthcare in this country anymore? Will all will we always have segments of Obamacare in our healthcare system? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I, I think that's likely the case. The, 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 we're 11 years into it now, and, and I think it's important for folks to step back and say, okay, how was this sold to us in the first place? And you'll remember uh, that, that you're supposed to be able to keep your doctor. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. You're supposed to be able to keep your insurance. like your insurance plan, you can keep your insurance plan. Uh, and everybody was going to save 2500 bucks a year, um, uh, uh, every family. And, of course, none of that was true. And, and, and it's important for people to realize and appreciate that because the same folks that sold that one are now trying to sell another uh, uh, another uh, 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 lie, frankly, or, or distortion uh, based upon uh, um, what they'd like to do with the healthcare system. Yeah, and infrastructure and everything else at this point, right, Dr. Hopefully. Price? Dr. Price, um, as you looked at it initially, what did you see were the problems right up front with this? Well, I, I was in Congress at the time, and and, uh, and 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 all of that, all everything that's happened has been absolutely predictable. In fact, we predicted it, and 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 that is, if you put the government in charge of things, then it gets less responsive to individuals. It gets more expensive. Right now, health the, the health care costs for individuals are markedly higher than they were eleven years ago, and much of that due to the rules and regulations that have been been put in place from from Washington D.C. So. Uh, the fundamental question that has to be answered when you're talking about health care is who decides? Do we want, do you want, do your listeners want the federal government deciding about their health care and their health coverage? Or do they want patients and families and doctors to be deciding about their health care and their health coverage? Uh, my sense is that the vast majority of individuals would prefer that it be patients and families and doctors. 
but the left continues down this road of saying, no, it's got to be the federal government. We know best. And, and you and I both know that's not so. How did Obamacare take away the decision-making power that patients had before this? How did it take it away? Well, one of the major ways that it did it was to say, um, remember the individual mandate, you must mm-hmm. purchase yeah, health yeah, coverage. Yeah. And the, the, the Supreme Court knocked down the penalty for that. But the individual mandate still exists. Um, and they said uh, at the time, and, and, and basically still in place now, you must purchase coverage, and this is what it must be. So they don't allow you, as an individual citizen in this country, to decide, I think I'd like to have a high-deductible catastrophic plan with a health savings account. I think I'd like to have um, a, a, a short-term limited duration plan. I think I'd like to have an association health plan. All the kinds of things that lower costs for individuals, increase choices, and actually become more responsive to the patients themselves. All of those went away with, uh, with, with the, uh, the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. Um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. When you get down to specific medical decisions, that's where it gets really dicey because when you put the federal government in charge of your specific medical health care decisions, then you lose control of the most important thing in your lives, and that is the health of yourself and your family. How do you counter the arguments that are made out there by supporters of Obamacare that it really is working? What's the best counter argument to make against that, uh, Dr. Price? Well, if it were working so well, then the Democrats wouldn't want to change it. <laughs> That's <You> true. Know, <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is they, they understand, they admit that it isn't doing what it was supposed to do. Now, from their perspective, it was supposed to have the government in charge of all of health care that, that, that was possible. Uh, but, but right now you've got an, a kind of a new generation of Democrat or a new generation of leftists out there who believe that the federal government truly should be controlling all of health care. In fact, that your employer ought not be able to provide health coverage for you if, uh, if you and they, and they would like. In fact, that, that they would like it so that you don't have the kind of choices that you ought to have when it comes to your health coverage. Um, they want the, the, the single-payer system or uh, Medicare for All or government-run health care, call it whatever you will, but what it means is removing decision-making authority and independence and freedom away from the individual in, again, that area that's so important in everybody's lives, and that is health care. Is the Supreme Court going to have to be the ultimate judge on this, make rulings that uh, do away with many of these things? They didn't get away with the individual mandate, even though they should have. Where, where does the Supreme Court and what role does it play in all of this, do you feel, Dr. Price? Well, the Supreme Court ultimately will be asked to decide all of these questions about whether or not uh, the, the, these kind of schemes are constitutional, whether they can move forward. But if, but remember, the, the Supreme Court didn't say that the individual mandate was unconstitutional. They said that the, the, the penalty for it was unconstitutional. Uh, and consequently, um, the, depending on how it's written and the kind of uh, uh, rules and regulations that are in place and the laws that continue to be written by the federal government, um, I can, and, 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 and the kind of judges that oftentimes get appointed to the federal bench, I can see a day where the, where the Supreme Court would say uh, that the federal government has the authority to tell you what you must buy uh, and, and what kind of health coverage you must have, which means what kind of health care you are allowed to receive. The cry has always been from the Republicans to repeal and replace, but a lot of people have said, replace it with what? Do you have ideas as to what it should be replaced with? There's so many good things that, that, are, that are out there and that people know just from a common sense standpoint will work a whole lot better in terms of health care. I would urge your listeners to go to healthcareforyou.com, healthcareforyou.com. 
uh, and, and uh, through jo- the Job Creators Network and my work with them, th- what they did was go out and ask the American people, not do you like this or do you like that as it relates to health care, but if, if you had your druthers, if you could choose what kind of health coverage you had, what would you want? And then ask them to, to, to uh, prioritize those things. And out of that came a whole list of things that would increase choices for individuals so that they would have an array of options uh, from from a health insurance standpoint uh, that they know works better for them, um, the importance of accountability of, of the folks who are running the, the show when it comes to health care, the importance of transparency, making certain that prices are, are transparent, that you know exactly what something costs so that you can make a decision about whether or not that's that's what you believe to be important uh, for, for yourself or for your family. There are all, there's so many things, and I, again, healthcareforyou.com, I would urge folks to go to and and see the kinds of proposals that are out there that aren't a big government-run health care uh, um, program, uh, but they are the kinds of things that will allow patients and families and doctors to be the ones in charge of health care and not the federal government. On our newsmaker line, Dr. Tom Price, former HHS secretary under Donald Trump, talking about 11 years into Obamacare. The Rod Arquette Show continues here on Talk Radio 105.9. KNRS, listen, and you'll know. Come on, admit it. It's the pits. When your garbage disposal is not working properly, your toilets are clogged, you have an electrical problem, maybe the heater or air conditioning furnace isn't working, and you go, oh, now I have to deal with this. Well, let me tell you about a company that is there to help you. I'm talking about Any Hour Services. They've been here in the Wasatch Front, serving the Wasatch Front, people like you, since 1961. And they can handle electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning issues as well. And they service a wide area, from Ogden to Nephi to Willow to Park City right now. Now, in order to make sure that you get the best technician, when you call to schedule, they're going to ask you some questions. They're going to ask you the equipment issue. Is it working? What are some of the problems? They're going to ask you about the age of equipment. Equipment has changed over the years, and they have technicians who focus on certain types of appliances, right? And then what about the age of the home? That is in play as well. Any hour services, they always call to confirm your appointments who aren't waiting around forever. Their office calls the day before to confirm the appointment. The office then calls 30 minutes before the tech arrives to let you know they're on their way. Talk about service. Check them out today. Any Hour Services, just Google Any Hour Services or go online to Any Hour Services. With the insurance companies so you can relax and heal. Put me on a highway, the interstate, a dirt road to any place. Rod Arquette Show on Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Final half hour of the Rod Arquette Show with you on this uh, Monday. Is it, you may have heard this story last week. If not, let me tell you what happened on Tuesday, I believe it was. United Airlines announced that it would be prioritizing diversity over safety. That's basically what they came out and said. Uh, stating that it is planning to increase the number of women and people of color who become pilots to be 50% of the 5,000 pilots trained 
in the next decade. The announcement was made on Tuesday, as I mentioned. Here's what the Twitter feed said. It said, our flight deck should reflect the diverse group of people on board our planes every day. That's why we plan uh, for 50% of our 5,000 pilots we train in the next decade to be a woman or a person of color. Let's get some reaction to that. Jay Ratliff, aviation expert with iHeartMedia, is joining us on our Newsmaker line right now. Um, Jay, I don't know about you, but does it really matter to people what color or if it's a male or female pilot flying an airplane? It does not. I mean, what we want is the most experienced pilot on the flight deck. If it's male, female, whoever it happens to be, I I don't care. A lot of these individuals come from the military. They have some incredible training and, and background. And, uh, you know, personally, I like seeing the, not the skippy guy, you know, that looks like he's 22 years old. I, I want the old seasoned veteran. That that man or woman that just looks like they've been flying since they've been, I don't know, 16 years of age or something. Okay. Then what do you think of what United is trying to do in, in diversifying its pilot force? Well, I, I understand what they're doing. I certainly applaud the effort of trying to become more diverse, but I really question the process at which they're following here, they're establishing a quota, and that's the only really way to put it, where they're saying, look, we want to hire 50% of our future pilots between now and, and uh, you know the end of this, end of this decade, where 50% of them are either women or pilots of color. And I understand that, but I'm thinking, okay, you're currently at, I think, what, 7% and 13% mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. respectively in those categories. So if you're going to take that and jump to 50%, my concern is, will we be able to find enough qualified applicants to fill that pool so that you can get what you need? And then, of course, my biggest concern is that if you're not achieving that... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Predetermined guideline, that goal that you have, and you have two pilots, one with 10,000 flight hours that doesn't have to be a woman or a person of color, and you have a woman that has, let's say, 3,500. Uh, flight hours. Both are qualified, but I want the one that has the most experience getting the position. But if they have this quota, it's very possible that United could say, look, we're more, we're very interested at this point in filling the position with, you know, the, the, the quota that we have before us. And that could very realistically lead to us having people less experienced on the flight deck. I'm not saying it's not as safe to, or safe, not safe to fly, but I am saying it would be less safe to fly if you have less experience in the cockpit. And I, I think that's something that we can all understand. The Federal Aviation Administration many years ago adopted a similar policy where instead of looking for college graduates and having certain people with experience applying for air traffic controllers, they said, we want to be more diverse. So they dropped it down where they had a, a behavioral questionnaire that was given to anyone that was interested in applying. It was the first step in the hiring process. And there were there were people that would receive you know, X amount of points mm-hmm. if they had played sports in high school. But if you were someone that had a pilot's license, you actually got less of points <laughs> scored on that test. <laughs> so it was actually you were penalized with experience. 
And unfortunately, that led over the years to us having a shortage of air traffic controllers because we simply weren't pulling from that same pool. And, you know, for United, that's certainly going to be my concern as we move forward. Well, and speaking of shortages, Jay, and you just mentioned that, I mean, there have been stories for, what, two or three years now on an impending shortage of pilots in the country for the airlines yeah. as they come back to life, and hopefully they will. I mean, how much, how difficult is it going to be for United to find that diversity that they want in their pilots? I'm going to say nearly impossible. Uh, and, again, it's it's an effort that I salute, but, you know, if you'd have said something like we want to double the number of pilots that we have that are either women or people of color, I get that, and even that would have been a sizable goal. They're talking about doing something much, much more than that, and I, I simply don't know that it's possible. Now, one, one of the things that United's going to do is they're going to look at, at, at trying to, you know, they have their own flight academy and their, their, their own training facility for pilots, and perhaps they can attract more people that are women that are flying than what we have now. And a lot of these men and women and, and, and individuals, uh, as far as people of color that are military, they, they love flying there. And they're not really interested in coming out of the military to fly commercially. And uh, that's one of the reasons that I think this is going to be a very formidable challenge for United. And I, I just don't like the process because there's the very real possibility that we could see uh, less experienced pilots on the flight deck and to really look at this, it's going to be interesting to see the other airlines. Airlines, of course, play follow the leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if other airlines adopt this same sort of similar policy, I'm going to grow even more concerned than I am now. If this is one airline that's going to try an experiment that other airlines can watch, they can see over the next few years how it's going, and perhaps adopt a similar model if it's working, I think that's great. But my big concern is if we have other airlines say, hey, look, if we don't do this, we're going to appear to be uncaring, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. we don't care about having. And then it's the perception that's managing, that's driving the, the cart here, as opposed to the common sense of let's get the most experienced people on the flight deck, the flight attendants. I want the best mechanics. All I don't care what their background is. I want the best possible people in those very key positions. Final question for you, Jay. Why do I think experience matters in the cockpit? Because I think it does, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> look, if you're on there, I want someone with, with a vested interest. But look, keep in mind that the next generation of aircraft are designed with one pilot on the flight deck. And the next generation after that are being designed right now for pilotless aircraft that Ooh. would be totally mechanical flying on their own. Now, you would have a flight attendant on board that would have flight skills, but the idea for airlines is they cannot wait to remove the pilots from the flight deck. So this is kind of a temporary concern of of mine because I know eventually we're going to go to the time when we're going to have no pilots on board an aircraft because so many of the accidents, near accidents we have, can be attributed to pilot air. And the thought is, hey, you know, we can make aviation safer by removing the pilots. Well, airlines want to do it because they want to remove that expense from their payroll. And uh, you know, look, I want somebody up there with a vested interest of landing that airplane safely. Jay Radliff, iHeartMedia's uh, aviation expert, and what Jay just mentioned a moment ago. I'm not sure if I'd fly in an airplane that didn't have a pilot in the cockpit. I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe technology can fly airplanes, but the idea of flying in a plane without somebody driving the darn thing. I don't know about that.
How about you? All right. The uh, Rod Arquette Show continues on this Monday here on Utah's Talk Radio, 105.9. Can't harass, listen, and you'll know. Have you got a second for me to tell you about the good guys at Roof Tech? You know, Roof Tech, they are, I mean, they're just a great, they are without a doubt, the best roofing company in the entire state of Utah. They can take care of your home. Have you had a chance to look at the roof since the winter came along, the windstorms, the snow that we had, to see if there's any damage being done or what that was done to your roof? If you've noticed some problems, why not reach out to RoofTech? Find out, see if one of their technicians can come out and take a look at things and make sure it's A-OK or what they could do to protect your home and what that project would cost. Now, when it comes to uh, large commercial buildings, they have an entire division that focuses solely on those big flat roofs that we see all around the area. From large warehouses to industrial buildings, even apartments, they have experts who can take a look at your roof and tell you what's going on with your large commercial building. They've got a great list of very well-known commercial properties throughout the state of Utah. So that says something, doesn't it? They work with these clients doing maintenance and repairs on their facilities, whatever their client needs. Great guys. Give them a call. Have them come out to inspect or service your commercial roof or even your residential roof and give you an estimate on what the next project will be if, in fact, it's even needed. They'll shoot straight with you. Call them today. Roof Tech. Dial pound 250 and say roof. At Final uh, few minutes with you on uh, Monday here on the Rudder Catch Show and Utah's Talk Radio 105.9 KNRS. Listen and you will know. Um, did you see this story? A couple stories we didn't get to today. But you know, you're probably going to hear from Black Lives Matter again uh, because of the shooting in, um, in uh, Brooklyn Center, Minneapolis or Minnesota uh, yesterday afternoon. 20-year-old man, black man, was shot and killed by police after he was uh, pulled over for having an expired tag. Uh, police checked his identity, come to find out he had some outstanding warrants on him. He tried to get away from police, jumped back into his car. The door was open. Police moved in to uh, restrain him. Uh, a uh, veteran female officer pulled out her gun. She thought it was a taser and kept on yelling, taser, 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 shot him, and then realized she'd used her gun and not her taser. He drove off for a short period of time and then had an accident in which he was killed. So, you know, uh, the president and political leaders in that state are urging everyone to stay calm, even though there was some rioting last night. Well, here's an interesting story coming out today about one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter. Um. She reportedly has been on a real estate buying binge and has already purchased four homes. Four homes. How many of you out there have four homes? Okay, but she's purchased four homes with a price tag totaling $3 million. Where'd she get that money? Uh, 37-year-old Patrice Con Colors reportedly went on a real estate buying binge, snagging four high-priced homes for $3.2 million in the U.S. alone. That's what the New York Post is reporting today. The progressive activist was also eyeing a spot in an ultra-exclusive resort in the Bahamas, 
where the likes of musicians Justin Timberlake and iconic golfer Tiger Woods both have homes. It's amazing. Co-founder of Black Lives Matter, buying homes totaling $3.2 million. Where'd that money come from? As highlighted in the Daily Wire this past week, Con Colors notably purchased a $1.4 million home in a secluded area of Los Angeles. And they say the Topanga Canyon homestead, the population in that area is reportedly less than 2% black. So here you have a co-founder of Black Lives Matter raking in enough money to buy million-dollar properties, four of them apparently, one in the Bahamas, one in a in a mostly white area of Los Angeles. And uh, questions have got to be, where'd you come up with the money? I hope members of uh, Black Lives Matter ask those questions. This story coming out of uh, Idaho's capital city, Boise, a coffee vendor at Boise State University that was forced off campus after students took issue with their support of the Thin Blue Line. That's an organization that works with police nonprofits has now taken legal action against the university. Good for them. Last year, members of the BSU government argued that keeping coffee vendor Big City Coffee on campus would send a poor message to black students. The businesses ended up closing its campus location after students protested the owner, Sarah Fanley, over her support for law enforcement. Now, Fendley has filed a notice of tort claim against BSU, declaring that Big City Coffee suffered $10 million in damages after the university and the coffee shop ended their contract together. Good luck to you. Go after them. Amen to that. One final note, an online survey by Envision Envision Utah Youth Council looked at housing preferences for high school students. Now, high school students are probably several years away from buying a home, right? Among the 2,500 students here in Utah, 90% of them plan on living in a house. 80% want that house to be in the suburbs. But even if they want the suburban family lifestyle, will it be available? Or will they be able to afford it? Price of homes around here have gone absolutely crazy. Even high school students expect their housing needs to change. Most expect to at least start their careers in apartments or townhomes in more urban environments and then move to the suburbs. Isn't that what a lot of us have done over the years? Pretty interesting survey. All right, busy day coming your way again tomorrow. We invite you to be with us. Utah Senator Mike Lee is scheduled to join us tomorrow among some other great guests already being lined up. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.